What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, Norman the Side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, the Tad the Side. And Tad, heading into week five here. Um, it's a very big week for my Niners. Like, I mean, Niners and Cowboys on Sunday night primetime. I'm pretty sure you're hearing nothing but a lot of talk about, like, you know, how big this game is or just, like, you know, Niners are not standing a chance against the Cowboys. Like, I don't know what's going on on Dallas radio, but I'm pretty sure it's just flooded with air. The airwaves are flooded with just talk of this game, I'm pretty sure. It's just, yeah. Okay, couple things. First off, the airwaves are flooding. What are you, Walter Cronkite? (laughs) Relax. (laughs) It makes sense, though. It makes sense. Hey, did you also know that men can now fly? Like, uh, Jesus, man, we're not in the 1960s anymore. Second off, what in God's name makes you think that I am listening to Dallas radio? That is a toxic sludge of sports takes that I am avoiding with every fiber of my being. Are you kidding me? No, Micah Parsons is not the next coming of Reggie White. Would you relax, people? Yeah, no, I, I, I understand that you would. Dallas sports to- talk radio. Do you think I'm insane? You've mentioned you've listened to it in the past before, so I just thought maybe this week, maybe they say something no, this, interesting. This of all weeks is what I say away. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, it's a very important game for both franchises this week because it's sort of, um, depending on the rest of the season, Tad plays out, like this could be like one of those tiebreaker games that's like, you know, decides he wins a higher seed versus a lower seed. So, I mean, yeah, this is a very important game for my Niners. The Colts are looking uh, to have yeah, a very important are. game this week as yeah. well. They play the Titans for the first time this season. Titans have been like, you know, they looked very good at times. They've also looked very bad at times. But honestly, you can say the same thing about your Colts. Like, I mean, it's just you're sort of seeing uh, the dichotomy of the team every single week. So, I mean, I'm curious to see what's going to happen in this divisional match, where the Titans defense is going to show up, where the Colts defense is going to show up. John the Taylor is going to be active for this game. So, I mean, I'm going to be interesting to see. He's not going to play? Okay. No. I but bet. regardless, Zach Moss has been looking good in the backfield as well. So even if Jonathan Taylor doesn't play, like maybe they'll get that going. Obviously, Anthony Richardson has been healthy. They've obviously taken less of the load to for him running the ball. So he's looked that much better. Almost led that comeback last week against the Rams. Dude, I was, I was why, crossing why, my fingers. Why, I thought why it was would going you to bring happen. that up? Why would you do that? I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood to start the episode. And then you bring that up. Why would you do that to me? Well, I'm just saying that just like there's a lot of optimism surrounding the young man, and I think he could do something similar this week too in a divisional game that they sort of need these wins to stack within a division. So, yeah, you would have won the Super Bowl if Brock Purdy never got hurt. How does that feel? Yeah, Uh, uh, it's not so much fun when it happens to you, (laughs) is it? Um, just trying to steal my headphones, so apologies for that. But yeah, so I'm liking this week here in week five. We got some very good games on the slate for us for sure. And I think more importantly, Tad, we brought this up in our waiver wire episode. It's very critical that you set your start and sit decisions because we Uh have four teams on a bye week. Just to repeat those teams, we have the Cleveland Browns, we have the Los Angeles Chargers, we have the Seattle Seahawks, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So there's a lot of key, a lot of key pieces, I should say, on those respective teams that could be. You've been watching Captain Marvel or something? (laughs) Cree, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're coming down from interplanetary. (laughs) No, it's we're we're about a month away, buddy. We're almost there. Yeah, we're getting close. We're getting close there. But just yeah, so lots of key facts. Factors that could be part of your starting roster that you may need to make some adjustments for, like whether you have Justin Herbert, whether you have Chris Godwin, whether you have Kenneth Walker the third. Like, I mean, any of those guys in your starting roster, they're not playing this week. So make sure you're making those adjustments this week here in week five. 
And if we're sticking with our schedule, this episode should be dropping Saturday morning. I'm warning all of you guys right now because I've made this mistake so, so many times. We have another London game, people. Do not forget those 830 lineup setups. Like if you I'm kind of bouncing between another receiver and Christian Kirk right now, I need to make that decision by Saturday night because 830 at least central time, 830 central. Oh, my God. They kick off at 630 your time. That just occurred to me. It's true. That is ridiculous. Yeah, but it's the Bills and the Jaguars. Like, I mean, it's an exciting game, but if I sleep through it, I'm not going to be upset about it. So, so, well, but bottom line being, if you have any fantasy players, make sure your lineup is set by Saturday night. Set Very this, true. No, turn back that alarm a little bit. Exactly. We have lots of international games happening right now as well. So, yeah, exactly like Tad said, make sure you're checking your rosters a little bit earlier because, yeah, we have those early games happening on Sundays for the next handful of weeks here as Tad. So let's get into our starts and decisions here for week five. Um, like we talked about, we need to make sure we're uh, accounting for those bye weeks. You know, make sure we're accounting for that London game. Um, but just, yeah, also just, you know, some bad matchups out there. So, I mean, Tad, at the quarterback position, let's start there. Do you have a start or a sit for me here in week five? We're going to double dip this week, my friend. Normally, we try to avoid this, but it's it's too good to avoid, and that is Josh Dobbs. I am saying he is a start this week, especially because, like you said, and I am frustrated, by the way, is because I have a guy that uh, had a uh, player who uh, – remind me of the teams on the bye week. It's the uh, we got the Cleveland Browns, yep. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Los Angeles Chargers, and Seattle Seahawks. Okay, never mind then because oh no 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 this was last <laughs> this was last week I was trying this okay. where last week the first couple teams were on by and I kept trying to trade them uh Deshaun Watson. Oh, you know what? It was funny. So pre-show I was asking Amir, I was like, You had him as a start, right? And uh Amir was like, No, I don't know where you're getting that from. This I just remember live on air, this is what's happening is a certain member of the league was like, No, I'm good with starting Josh Dobbs. I'm like, You are good. Starting Josh Dobbs over this Deshaun Watson trade I'm trying to give you. He's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, all right, fine, fine, have fun. What ends up happening? Josh Dobbs ends up scoring 22 fantasy points against the Niners. I was just sitting there like, well, shit. Because like that was just <laughs> like, yeah, he made the right gamble. But I think at this point, it's not even a gamble anymore. I think that Josh Dobbs is a fairly reliable, I won't say starter, but he's a fairly reliable streamer, especially depending on the, um, on the matchup. So Amir, I'm sure you'll get this right, but let's play our favorite game over under over under two interceptions that Josh Jobs has thrown this year under. Okay. How many interceptions has he thrown this year? I think it's zero. He's thrown zero <laughs> interceptions this year. Yeah. How is that possible? The I dude has, if you're careful with the football, then I mean, it's very possible. It's like, crazy. I mean, just, but yeah. And, and here's the other crazy thing is like, it's not just he's careful with the football through the air. He's careful with the football on the ground too. He has not had a single turnover since week one when he fumbled the ball twice. And yeah. by the way, I'm, I'm like 90% sure if memory serves, he recovered one of those fumbles, but he's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I remember watching that, but point being is this guy's careful with the football. So even in games like last week where the current, they, I'm not going to say it was a blow. It wasn't a blowout. They were never really, it never really felt like the Cardinals were going to win that, but it doesn't matter for fantasy players. It's like, it, yeah. since he avoids that, those turnovers, his fantasy outlook is almost always somewhat like the, his floor is somewhat positive. His ceiling is he scores you 22 freaking points against one of the best defenses in the league. So I think that going against this, uh, you know, that this defense that, 
is inconsistent. Let's say that. I think that's fair to explain with the Bengals. So for those who don't know, the oh, Cards yeah. play the Bengals. The whole team. Yeah. The whole team. Yeah, inconsistent. Yes. It's just, yeah, inconsistent I don't know what to expect word. even a given week. Yeah. 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 So I think that going in, into this game, are the Cardinals going to win it? I don't know. To be perfectly honest, I don't know. If you were asking me to like, place a bet, I would say pick them. To be totally – that shows you how far the Bengals have fallen. But I think that fantasy-wise, the Bengals are the 13th-ranked uh, pass defense when it comes to fantasy – I, I think that Josh Dobbs is if you're struggling to find uh you know a starter this week, if Deshaun Watson is your only, you know, starting quarterback, which you know he was before I traded for Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think that Josh Dobbs is like your top end streamer right now. So I'm saying if you are like kind of questioning, should I start Josh Dobbs? Should I not? If you're asking that question, chances are you probably should. No, it's exactly a great reason to start him this week is because that's the reason why I suggested you pick him off the waiver wires because he's been so consistent in scoring over 20 fantasy points in majority of the games that he's played this season in four weeks of action. And it's exactly like it laid out where it's like he's not turning the ball over. He's making start decisions with the football. And yes, exactly like it laid out. Arizona was not going to beat San Francisco in that game. But what happened is that San Francisco got very comfortable. So then in the second half of the game, that, they that could be your guys downfall, by the way. That's like the second time you've done that this year. And I think that's it could be as something that they need to keep aware of as the season goes along. But this is where it benefits exactly like I said, fantasy players, where it's like, okay, the defense no. started to let up. They're giving up a lot of those underneath routes, a lot of these pass completions. It builds up a rhythm, and then they eventually were able to move down the field. So, I mean, that's exactly what you want in fantasy players. So, it's like, it doesn't matter where your team is. If they can get some of those garbage-type points, which me and Tad are huge fans of, that's where he can sort of see those benefits. So, yeah, if he's not forcing turnovers, he's able to sort of be in these situations where he could generate a lot of points for you. And he's also a runner with the football, too. So he's getting you know, those rushing yards, possibly running for a touchdown as well. So, I mean, yeah, this is a very excellent start this week. And like I said in the waiver wire episode, maybe the next couple weeks because, yeah, the bye weeks are starting now. So, yeah, he could be a good spot starter going forward, too. I was just about to say that is because the Cardinals are uh, an annoying team in the way they're always kind of in it. Because, I mean, if a team's getting blown out, like, defenses will start, like, experimenting, right? Let's keep blitzing them. Let's see what happens, blah, blah, blah. But if they're kind of in it, so, like, the 20, I think I have the score right. But, like, in the third quarter, it was 23 to 16. Around there, yeah. Around that, something like that. Well, that's where, like, all of a sudden the Niners just, like, throw everyone back there and just have the four or three-man rush. And then, like you said, Josh Dobbs is enough of a runner. Well, that's an extra point right there because then he can easily just rush for a first down right there because the Niners are like, we'll let you score here, but we're not going to let you, like, hit us with a bomb of a pass here. So I just I, – I think that Josh Dobbs, especially moving forward, assuming he doesn't get hurt, um, this dude – he may be, and this sounds weird too, because he's looking legit. Uh, he may be this year's Baker Mayfield. He may have just played himself into his starting role with a different team next year. Very, very possible. How is Baker sure. Mayfield good? <laughs> I don't know. He's just working in that offense for some this reason. This is such yeah. a this is such a weird fucking season. It's a weird season for sure. And I'm going to get to my sit here. And, Tad, you actually were just bringing up this team. I brought this team to start the episode, the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to say sit Brock Purdy. And like oh, I talked about, like I you, talked about this, game, traitor. this is a big game for both teams. And I think both teams boast very strong defenses. And as much as I like Brock Purdy and the way he's been playing through the first four weeks of the season, 
you got to look at the competition, and it hasn't been that strong. Like, I mean, they played the Steelers that a lot of people maybe expected they would have been good. They absolutely blew them out that game. Then they played the New York Giants, uh, I think, two weeks ago. That was not exactly a very difficult game either. Then they played the um, Arizona Cardinals most recently right now, and so that wasn't exactly the toughest game either. So, I mean, just through the first four weeks of action, they haven't had the stiffest competition where it makes you wonder, like, okay, has Brock Purdy really been tested? This is the week where he's going to be tested. And, Tad, if you look at last year when he played in the playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys, he played well, but I don't think for fantasy purposes these are numbers that you want. He went 19 for 29, 214 passing yards, and no passing touchdowns. So, I mean, in the game, he looked very strong. I think there were a few times where he made some bad decisions in the game as well, but just overall – in the game, he obviously led the Niners to a victory, but as a fantasy quarterback, if I'm getting those numbers from my quarterback, those are not exactly starting numbers that I want. And so I sort of expect that, you know, the Cowboys are going to bring their A game, obviously. Niners are going to bring their A game. It's going to be a very defensive-heavy battle that I just don't think the offenses are going to generate much on either side. So it's like, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of either offenses. But yeah, in this case, as good as Brock Purdy has been the past couple of weeks, I think this week he has to be a sit. I agree. Like I said, I just pulled off a trade for Patrick Mahomes uh, just a couple days ago, and a big part of that trade was Brock Purdy. I was very, I was almost shocked that I was able to pull off that trade because it was a definite uh, sell high on Purdy. Because while he is a viable, I would put him in the same tier as Josh Dobbs of like he's a viable fantasy streamer depending on the option. Because what's concerned me the most with Purdy is his the amount of completions he's had so far this season, which is pretty consistently hovering around 20 completions. A, f- a good amount, don't get me wrong, but it just seems like they're kind of he's he's just kind of being like the game manager. And and maybe that's a little too harsh. I'm sure I'm about to get a bunch of 49ers fans jumping down my throat for saying that. But <laughs> I, I uh, go back to I think God. Let me look at the schedule real quick. It was the um, I think it was the Rams game where I saw this. Where I was really like, okay, I don't know if you're like the franchise quarterback, but you can get the job done. Where it was the Rams game where he had two uh, instances where there were wide open touchdowns and he overthrew both. Yeah, that was a Rams game. It was that okay. And that was the moment where I was like, okay, and it's fine, right? He's a second-year player. He's not going to be perfect. I'm not expecting that. But I do think just because of how good this team is, those expectations for him, and especially when it comes to fantasy football, are so much higher than they should be that I agree with you. I think the competition, I'm not going to call it soft, but has been lesser than what he's about to face on Sunday night. And that is a big, big reason why I traded him away because your schedule is about to get a lot tougher. And while I think that he's still going to lead you guys to a winning record and possibly an NFC championship, hopefully now to a Super Bowl, I do have my doubts on his fancy relevancy moving forward on a consistent basis. So I'm with you. I think that's a very, very smart set. And I yeah. traded him for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I think that either schedule does get a lot tougher as we sort of move along through the next couple of weeks as well. But just, yeah, I think this week, hundred percent, he needs to be on your bench. I don't think he's going to generate that many points for you. So Tal's get to the running back position here. Do you got a start or a sit for me here in week five? I've got a start for you. Okay. Look, people, it's been hard to watch. I am right there with you on my couch being like, why does this team not get flexed out of all these primetime games? But unfortunately, yeah, they're not going to be. No. Because it's a little too hard as Cap is attacking my feet because apparently he's a Jets fan. <laughs> he believes Brees Zach Wilson. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, you know, that he does have this 
brain the uh, size of a small walnut, so that would explain why. <laughs> I'm not saying Zach Wilson. Do not trust Zach Wilson. Don't do that. Well, we'll talk about running backs here, so I exactly. think I have an idea of where you're going here. But I'm telling you guys, I know it's been hard ever since week one, but trust Brees Hall. Brees Hall is a guy to start. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh... <laughs> Wait, you don't trust him? I think it's an obvious trust. Like, I think that's the biggest thing that we were talking about Whoa. in the offseason. The biggest thing they were talking about in the offseason, Tad, was that the reason that the Jets signed Dalvin Cook was they weren't sure about Brees Hall's status to begin the season. So he was on a snap count to start the season. And then what has come out has surfaced earlier this week. Robert Sala has said the pitch count is over. Brees Hall is 100% ready to go. So I think at this point now, it's safe to trust Brees Hall going forward. He's one of those horses that you start every single week. So it's like, I don't know what you want to say about the Jets offense, but I think just this is a guy that's just like automatically you're starting him. So it's just like for you to pick him as a start this week is just, I don't, I feel it's a little obvious, but. Like, that's I, okay. That's all right. All right. Obvious. All right. Captain yeah. obvious. How about that? Let me show you this. Okay. Week two at Dallas point nine points week three in new England, 3.2 points week four in Kansas city, 8.4 points. You are still saying that as a confident start. He was on a pitch count during those. Games, oh my so. God. I tell you, I'm telling you now the fact that count. they're taking yeah, up the reins, it's like, count. it's an obvious start. He's a, that that's the excuse you're going to use. Yeah. Don't is your back okay? <laughs> totally. Okay, good. Because you're grasping for those straws pretty far, so I'm just worried about you, like you know, you know, over oh, overdoing was, it. That was bad. That, that was great. Bad. That, that was, was not great. good at all. That was an A I was expecting something so much better from you, setting it up with the that back. That was great. Like, no, you're grasping like no, you're losing over. No, I don't. You're no, hurting your back. I'm sorry. That I'm was sorry. great. No, no, that was no. A plus. Screw you. You could have done better. You could have done better. I expected more from you. Well, you know who else I expect more from is Brees Hall. How about that for a transition? Okay, there you go. Okay, you kind of redeemed yourself there. <laughs> oh, God. But anyway, so despite what you would say. Okay, all right. He's only being started in 60% of ESPN League. So clearly 40% of America agrees with me. I'm like Donald Trump there. It's still also Friday, though, I will say. So it's like Saturday. It's like I think that's no, when you start to no. see the rosters getting adjusted. No way. Right? Yeah, yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. So – I do think that Denver, uh, I, I would like to say their defense, but at this point it's not defense. It's just a slice of Swiss cheese they kind of like throw out on the field. It's like, do something. It's like that old meme of like, come on, yeah. do something. Like that's Something's their defense. Yeah, 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 that's their yeah. defense at this point. So I think that, uh, yeah, Brees Hall, fine. Obvious or not, but I think Brees Hall's next breakout since week one is going to happen against the Denver Broncos. I don't know if the Jets are going to win. This game is going to be such a shit show. How is it possible that the Broncos play the Bears and the Jets in back-to-back weeks? Like, yeah. it's the same game. It's the same thing where I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just... Oh. So, it will be a very interesting game to watch, hopefully. But um, I do think that Brees Hall... And I will say this. Like you said, the reins are off. I do think that this will be the first time all season that Brees Hall breaks... 15 carries for the first time all season because he has yet to reach that benchmark. And I think that is severely limiting his fantasy outlook. So I like Brees Hall to have a good week. If you are on the fence about like, I don't know, the Jets offense has been pretty bad and they have. I think that this is the week where you kind of go, okay, maybe this is where they write the ship a little bit. Uh, Fine, 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 fine. Because you have forced my hands. I will give you yet another start because I am so generous to our listeners. <laughs> All right. Let's hear it. 
This one I feel a little less confident in. I'm not going to lie. Gus Edwards against the okay. Pittsburgh Steelers. I like this one. I like this one so much. I better. think he is a solid. <laughs> really? <laughs> I like this one so much better. Yeah, yeah. Throw so, so much better. So much yeah. better. Yeah. yeah, throw the so in there. Of course, I had to. Do you prefer substantially? I prefer you just say, oh, just as good of a pick. <laughs> no, you won't get that for me. Yeah, I know. So point being is I like Gus Edwards a lot because while his production has not quite been there, especially fantasy-wise, he, he's just like he's a touchdown away from being a really, really good flex play. That's the only problem. That's always the frustration with these Baltimore running backs. But Gus Edwards, who came back way quicker than I expected, um, he is the guy in Baltimore. He has had over 10 carries in the last three games. He has had around 50 yards, which is what to expect with the Lamar Jackson running back. But um, I think that with the Steelers defense being the 27th ranked defense in fantasy against the run, I think he's good for at least a touchdown, at least 40 or 50 yards. Kenny Pickett has no injury designation. He looked really hurt last week. I'm not really sure how good he's going to be this week. So I, I really think the Steelers are going to get blown out this weekend. I really do. Which yeah, means more that, rushing opportunities. Exactly. And I think that sort of leads to a good transition point because my sit at the running back position, Dad, is Najee Harris. On Just sit him. Steelers. Just sit, sit yeah. him, cut him, trade him, get him off your roster. Yeah, Ted, you know, I feel like. I feel I owe you something because, yeah, you were saying that this guy is just not the guy anymore. And I was like, no, I think he can possibly turn around this year. Like, he's actually going to look better. But just, yeah, I'm horrifically wrong because, just yeah, he has not been looking good in this offense. I think, unfortunately, he has the talent. I think he can be a good running back. But just this offensive line is just absolute garbage. Not just just offensive line. Just like it's terrible. It's terrible. But this it's Charles Burke, uh, Barkley terrible. Charles Barkley terrible. Like it's in that realm for sure. Yeah. It's not just the offensive line, but that is also a massive part of it. It's just, again, I know I'm like, you know, just people are like, wow, this is original take Tad. Blame Canada. Like yeah. my God, yeah. stop running him through the guard. Like stop running him up the middle. Stop it. And then, you know what's crazy, Tad? You know what's crazy is that uh, we talked about this on our waiver wire episode. I said Mike Tomlin after the game last week said that was not a good performance. We need to make some changes. And then what happens later this week? He says, oh, we're not making any changes to our offensive personnel right now. So it's like, what is like what sort of double talk are you sort of giving to the media and the fans out here? That just pretty much speaks to the fact that it's just like, yeah, this offense is not going to change at least for probably another couple of weeks. I don't know why, but just like, yeah, exactly like it laid out. Just Canada's offensive philosophy, his scheme is just it's not working in this offense. 100% exactly what you said. Kenny Pickett, it looked like a more severe knee injury that he's sort of letting on. He's going to play, but just I don't know how effective he's going to be. And I think the defense of the Baltimore Ravens could sort of key in on that. And I think more effectively stop the run, too. And then force Kenny Pickett that's like, okay, if you say you're healthy, beat us then. And we're going to totally eliminate the run. They're going to stop yeah, Najee Harris. They're going to stop Jalen Ward. They're going to force Kenny Pickett to obviously play that game and force them to beat him. And if perchance they get a hit on him and Kenny Pickett is uh, removed from that you game. You know they're going for that knee too. They, they possibly will. But then also, if they have to go with uh, Mitchell Trubisky, I don't like Trubisky against his Ravens offense either. I don't like Trubisky so at all. Like, yeah, so exactly. So I think just either way, this Ravens defense is going to be able to do whatever they want against this Pittsburgh offense. And that just means that it's hard for me to trust any Steelers player this week in here, week five. So yeah, 100%. If you have Najee Harris, put him on the bench. Uh, if you have Najee Harris, either cut him or trade him. 
the current the current line on that game is uh, Ravens four and a half. I think the Ravens beat them by at least six. Yeah, a touchdown, I think, is very fair to say. Yeah. Touchdown is very fair to say, for sure. Uh, Tad, let's move things along here. Let's get to the receiver position. You got to start, or do you got to sit for me? I got to sit, and this is actually Damn. the most confident I felt about a sit in quite a while. Is um, This guy I love a lot. I think he, I picked him as one of my favorite fantasy sleepers going into the season, but this matchup this week is just is the perfect storm for just disaster if you decide and because i'm saying all of this he'll probably go off for about 30 points but i'm going to awesome. say this regardless sit josh reynolds don't do it because okay. he's a, he's a okay. very tempting start for a lot of people because amon ross st brown is currently listed it's doubtful but it's all but been confirmed that he will not play on sunday which means that josh reynolds who yes also has a questionable tag before people start yelling at me of like well he's questionable too he was a full participant in practice today on friday so it's looking like josh reynolds will suit up two problems with that one i don't think he's suited to be number one target two there's a certain man who may or may not play he has a questionable tag even though he's not hurt Jameson Williams is back. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think he will play. I think they're just questionable kind of because they're just like, hey, if he's not like physically fit, I personally think he will. And if he does, that's just another wild card thrown in there. I don't think he'll, he will do much, but it also wouldn't shock me. And they were just like, hey, remember this guy? Like he, this was a uh, big breakout party, which would kill Josh Reynolds' value. So I think that Josh Reynolds is going to get all the attention as the now number one guy. I just frankly don't think he has a skill set to overcome that. And here's a really shocking stat while I was doing research for this episode. The Carolina Panthers have the fifth best pass defense when it comes to fantasy football. Surprisingly high. So a surprisingly good defense, or I, I shouldn't say defense, a surprisingly good secondary um, with a guy who thrives as the number two guy. But I have doubts about whether he can step up to be the number one guy. I, I there there's there like I'm just there are way too many unknowns going into this game. I don't feel confident about it. I say you can find someone better on the waiver wire. You can find someone better on your bench that is worth a that type of risk. Um, I I don't think Josh Reynolds is going to eclipse over six points. Wow. Okay, that's saying something, especially with I'm Amon Ross. I don't. I don't. Brown possibly being out. So, and okay. that's the thing, though, is because Amon Ross St. Brown is out. Because I, I fell for the same trap yesterday, where I, I saw the news of like, oh, he's probably not gonna play, and I'm like, let's go for Reynolds. And then I started doing research. I'm like, ooh, it's actually probably not. And another big part of that is, like I said, that Carolina pass defense is surprisingly good. So I think that I, I actually think this game is going to be a little closer than people think. I think the Lions are still going to win, but I think they're going to be leaning pretty heavily because this is the problem with Carolina is they have the fifth best pass defense, but they have the 29th uh, mm. ranked run defense. And we saw it last week. What do the Lions now apparently do really, really well is they run the ball. So I think that this game is going to be one on the ground and not through the air. So I think that, that this passing offense with the Lions is, at least fantasy-wise, going to be a little underwhelming this weekend. Interesting. Interesting. So Jared, I do want Jared to Goff is about to throw for like six touchdowns. I he? do want to revisit this game a little bit later in the episode here, Tab, but I'm going to go with my start at the wide receiver position, and I'm going to go with Romeo Dubs of the, of the Green Bay Packers versus I'm sorry, the Las whoa, whoa, Vegas. Time, 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 time. Who? Romeo Dubs. Stops. Is it Dobbs? It stops. Okay. All right. Wait, that's my bad. I, I know they're – wait, are they playing? Oh, yeah. I know they're playing in Vegas, but it's not Dubstep. Yeah, they are playing in the Las Vegas. Oh, come week. on. That was great. 
Yeah. Just, just go. Just go. Um, so the Raiders defense has allowed 24 fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers this season. They've also allowed six receiving touchdowns to receivers as well, which is tied for the second most in the NFL. Christian Watson is finally fully healthy. He is going to be in the lineup for the Green Bay Packers. But the biggest thing is that he didn't start the season fully healthy, and he wasn't in the starting lineup. So what's been happening in that meantime through the first four weeks of action Jordan Love has been building a chemistry with Romeo Dobbs. And the fact that it's like through four weeks of action, Dobbs currently has 33 targets, which is in the top 20 of the wide receivers in the NFL. That says something right there. And clearly it just looks like Dobbs has just gained the trust of Jordan Love to move the ball down the field. So yes, even with Christian Watson healthy, we could see him as sort of like that deep threat, that sort of home run play, as opposed to Romeo Dobbs who's going to move the chains for the offense, and he's going to be more of that catch guy, especially in PPR leagues. That's going to be more beneficial for you, where it's like he's going to get you a lot of catches. He's going to get you a lot of yards. Maybe he'll find a way to score a touchdown as well. But just I like his value a little bit more against a very bad Raiders defense. I very much like Christian Watson as well, but you're more dependent on that deep throw ability and just having the time to sort of make those throws and get those longer completions to Christian Watson, whereas like Romeo Dobbs has now sort of earned the trust of Jordan to sort of be that guy that's like whenever he needs a crucial catch or a crucial conversion he's gonna be looking his way so yeah i like him a little bit more than christian watson this uh this week but i like both their series because yeah the raiders defense sucks so bad <laughs> it's so bad the raiders are an absolute shit show i look i've been saying for a while i think i said it even when it happened i i don't was our podcast going when that happened with the whole josh mcdaniels colts uh you know not yet not yet we were not starting then no. well i was saying at the time because my friends were texting me just like like oh that sucks for you and i'm like i'm happy i never wanted mcdaniels now i'm like oh thank god we avoided that one i was like whoo uh that dude sucks he's a bad head coach but anyway my point being is i completely agree with you on basically every count i you use my favorite word when it comes to and it's a word we brought up a couple weeks ago when i said pick up romeo dobbs on waivers um mm-hmm. that chemistry that chemistry, because even if Christian Watson comes in and they kind of utilize him as – this is what I compared it to was like the Debo Samuel to the Brandon Ayuk. Is, uh, even if they kind of use him as the uh, – him being Christian Watson as a Debo Samuel, like he's our freak athlete, we'll utilize him, whatever. Brandon Ayuk and Brock Purdy have that you know connection that is just quite – not quite there with Debo and Brock. I may be wrong. Maybe you'll disagree with that, but – Basically, I see that Romeo. I don't really see Dobbs' um, usage dropping as a uh, you know consequence of Watson returning. So I think that Dobbs is definitely good for a touchdown on Sunday night, if not more. He's a good start, absolutely. And for the love yeah. of God, if he's still on your waiver wires, go for it. Yeah, seriously, go get that guy for sure. So, uh, Tal, let's move on to the tight end position here. You got starter sit for me here, and we fight. Sorry, buddy. And I, I traded this guy off my I, – I traded for this man, and then literally almost instantly I turned around and traded him off my roster because I saw this coming from a mile away. Do not start George Kittle. Yeah, Don't he do has it. not been gaining a lot of targets in this offense so far through four weeks of action. So maybe it'll happen later this season. But, yeah, as of right now – I agree with this one. I think it's safe. And this is sure. you right here. Crazy stat. He's being at least on ESPN. He's being started in 87% of leagues still. And I think people it's are pure just name value. That, it's pure I name think, value. Exactly. It's the name factor. It's just the fact that, you know, 
He's obviously came up big for them in certain games. So it's just like he hoped. I was like, oh, they're playing a very crucial game here against Dallas. They may need him to get some crucial conversions here. So I think I got a good chance that he'll sort of have a rebound week. But, you know, honestly, just the way the offense is going, they're flowing through Christian McCaffrey. Brandon Ike is getting a lot of the deep deep passes, excuse me. Debo Samuel is definitely getting involved as well a little bit here. But just, yeah, unfortunately, George Kittle has just not been getting involved. They've been keeping him in to block more often than not, which is why Christian McCaffrey had four touchdowns last week. So, I mean, yeah, as of right now, he is being used as a blocker. It's very similar to how people are feeling about Kyle Pitts, where it's just like he's not running enough routes. And so it's just like it limits his value. So we'll see. I think Kyle Shanahan definitely likes to take advantage of using George Kittle in different situations and using all of the players that he has in different situations. So I think there will be a time where he will start to rebound and he'll start to be good again. But for right now, I mean, sorry, Tad, I'm stealing all your talking. I was about to say, like, can I give analysis on my pick eventually? Or? Sorry, like, but I just mean, like, no, yeah, I 100% agree with this. I 100% agree with this. Holy crap. Clearly I touched a sore spot there. <laughs> well, all right. You took a lot of my notes. But anyway, yeah. I will say this is <laughs> let's play over under. Over under three targets he saw last week. Not catches targets. Last week. I feel like you're going to get me. I want to say it was like exactly three. It was one. It was one. Okay, yeah, yeah. One I knew it was three, it was three or under, but part of me felt like you were trying to get me on that one. So, yeah, that, so, that doesn't surprise me, though. That yeah, doesn't surprise me. I mean, it, shot, it surprised me, and I'm very glad I managed to sucker uh, my friend, and he's actually the one person that constantly listens to this podcast. So, Jeremy, sorry, buddy. That's a, that's a trade <laughs> game, man. Well, I knew this was coming. So, well, he has Mark Andrews, so he's fine anyway. He doesn't To even... anybody in Tad's league, like, this is how he wins. Do not accept trades from him. I'm just telling you that I'm right now. Very, I've already pulled off, like, three. I'm having a very hard time, uh, time pulling off the fourth one, so shh. I'm good, guys. I'm good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I just think in, in this is a big thing, too, is the Cowboys have not allowed a single tight end they face this year to go over 10 points. So not yeah. only is it a bad, you know, scheme fit, George Kill right now for whatever reason, but it's also a bad matchup as well, which is when you get that double whammy is an instant bench in my book. Yeah, 100%. Exactly like you laid out with Dallas' defense playing so strong. They have very good linebackers that can drop into coverage as well, as well as just a very fearsome pass rush. So they may need George Kittle to sort of set up some chips, and then obviously he can't run his routes then as effectively. They'll be looking for other players in this offense to move the ball down the field. So, yeah, I 100% agree with this one. I think he can bounce back eventually. I think just unfortunately it's not going to be this week. It's going to take a little bit of time yeah. here for sure. Um, So, Tad, I talked about revisiting that Lions game against the Carolina Panthers this is where I want to revisit it because my start I mean you sort of laid it out with the Monterey St. Brown possibly being out most likely he'll be out Josh Reynolds you're sort of questioning whether he's going to be able to play like you said throw the wild card of Jameson Williams who's a guy that's sort of been very consistent in this offense that honestly by my take I did not expect it because I was not a huge fan of rookie tight ends and the fact of me saying rookie tight ends it sort of spells to the fact that I'm talking about Sam Laporta the rookie out of Iowa for the Detroit Lions and I mean I still stand by what I said that I it's hard to trust rookie tight ends but Sam Laporta seems to be the exception to the rule. Yeah, this one's trustworthy. He's 100% accepted to the rule because, I mean, look at what he's doing so far, Tad. He is currently top five among tight ends in receptions. He is fourth in receptions. He is fifth in targets, and he is leading all tight ends in receiving yards. That is crazy. These are not rookie tight ends. This is all tight ends. This is 
all tight ends. And that's what speaks to the fact that Detroit wants to use this guy. There's a reason that he was the first tight end taken off the board. Detroit clearly had a game plan for him. They're like, we're going to take this guy. He's not only going to be a blocker. He's also going to be a receiving threat for us. And they're clearly utilizing in that sense. And he's second in the team to all those categories that I mentioned, receptions, targets, and receiving yards, only trailing a modern St. Brown, which makes sense, obviously, with when you have a play, guy like modern St. Brown on your team. But, Honestly, just this Lions offense flows through Laporta. Like, I mean, I, you know, you sort of talked about it where it's like they're probably going to use the running game a lot against Carolina because they have such a terrible run defense, but they have a good pass defense. I think they're going to run a lot. And then whenever they do need to Dive pass the ball, they're going to. Exactly. They're going to use Laporta to sort of move the chains a little bit once they get to the red zone. I don't doubt that he's going to be a red zone monster for them in this game, too, but just. Clearly with the Madre Brown out this week, most likely. It still hasn't been confirmed yet. But if he's going to be sitting out, there's a reason that he's number two in all those receiving categories behind Madre Brown because the Lions trust him in this offense. And so if Madre Brown has to sit, I very much like Laporta to be a very crucial piece of this passing offense that a lot of the targets are going to go his way. He's going to get a lot of receiving yards. And I think he's definitely going to score as well. But yeah, definitely... Abadre St. Brown, if he sits out, I'm very much starting Laporta in every league possible. I completely agree. This is a great start, especially because like what you say is I think they're going to try, if they were smart, what they would do is try to stretch the field on the outside because they're going to put all the attention on Josh Reynolds. And yep. what's worst case scenario? Um, okay, then it's, Laporta starts killing it. They put all the attention on him. He has a quiet quarter. Then all of a sudden they start stretching the field with Jameson Williams if he plays, or they start stretching the field with Josh Reynolds again, and then all of a sudden they're like, shit, we got to go back to Josh Reynolds. And it's just this back and forth all day. Like I think Carolina – Despite all of Detroit's injuries, they're going to have a tough game because they just don't have the personnel to cover this loaded of an offense. So I completely agree. Somebody on Detroit is going to blow up. Um, my gamble is Dave Montgomery, who's an obvious start so. after so, last yeah. week. I think Montgomery is going to have a good week. And I think mm -hmm. there's going to be some because, I mean, just there has to be. There's going to be some Lions receiver that blows up. And I think Laporta is the safest bet to make there. Dark horse receiver who could bake out Marvin Jones. Oh my God, he's still in Detroit. He went How back. How old is yeah. he? He's back with Detroit. Good sure. God. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I, I think he could have a sneaky good game with Amandre St. Brown possibly sitting out there. But yeah, I'm 100% all aboard Sam reported this week here in week five. Um, Ted, let's get to our kickers and our defense. So give me your starts and sits for both of those positions here. All right, should I go start or set first? Uh, let's go with your start first. All right. Uh, this pains me to say, how dare you? But. Uh... <laughs> You asked me which know, one you wanted. I know. I was hoping you were going to say sit. I was really hoping. And I like to God, stay positive. I like to start well, positive. I don't. Uh, <laughs> you should have just gone with the original then. No, shut up. Anyway, point being is uh, the Texas defense is not bad. They're not great, defense, but they're not yeah. bad. And here's the thing is they're only being started about 19% of leagues right now. So if you need kind of like, – if you're streaming a defense and you still don't quite feel great about your defense, I saw somebody starting uh, – um, oh God, who was it? It was like some terrible matchup where, oh, is the, who are the Eagles playing this weekend? The Rams. Yeah. So I saw someone starting that. I was like, really? And it really kind of like reeked of like, uh, oh, I just want to hold on this defense. I want to drop them, which is fair. But if you're in that situation, I think this is a pretty good defense to uh, pick up, which is the Houston Texans going against the, uh, Atlanta Falcons, the, this Falcons offense, uh, B. John Robinson's good. No, no, I'm, I, I have abandoned that take. I'm yes. a fan of that take. I'm glad to you be raised fair, the though, white flag to be, on that take. To be fair, 
I will say again, I will say I'm sure plenty of more times on this podcast. I never said he was bad talent wise. It was all about the usage. I know, but you were very confident saying, that he was not going to I be was. used. And so I, I was just like, I, I really was. don't know my, what you're talking my, about. I've, I've, said, I've also said this a lot on the podcast. My <laughs> hate for Arthur Smith has just grown exponentially <laughs> since sure. the season started. Because like very few coaches have made me look more idiotic and whatever. The rest of that offense is terrible. Yeah. Drake yeah. London, fantasy-wise, is terrible. Kyle Pitts has been a fancy graveyard. Uh, Desmond Ritter, oh my God. Gadamer, I don't know. I don't know why all this Falcons Twitter was popping up in my feed this week, but like randomly when they, okay. I do, I swear to God, randomly on like I think it was Tuesday when Arthur Smith had his press conference, he's like, no, Desmond Ritter is still our starter. Oh my, my Twitter feed was lighting up with like, why? Like, how dare you? I'm just like, why are all these people all of a sudden caring about Desmond Ritter? Like, Jesus Christ. But bottom line being is. Desmond Ritter is on a very short leash and for a very good reason it is like you and I both predicted during the draft process. He looks like a good solid NFL back. If Desmond Ritter is my backup, I'd feel pretty good. Sure. Mm-hmm. That dude's not a starter. No, 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 no. So the Texans defense on the other side of that, they have forced a turnover in all but one game so far this season. They're coming off a game in which they had three sacks, uh, the most since week one where they have four sacks. So while I don't think that the Texans score is going to blow you away, I think they are the very, very good definition of a safe bet that will get you anywhere from seven to 10 points and a perfect streaming option, especially if you have a defense that is on a buy. So I like the Texans defense as a start this week, especially because they're kind of flying on the radar so far this year. And as for a sit guys, 77% of you on ESPN are still starting this man. Give it up. Give it up. I feel like a, I feel like a friend telling them like, just leave her alone, man. She broke up with you. It's stuff. <laughs> I know. I know you liked her. I know she looked attractive. I know it was tempting, but things just went wrong. And it's time just to move on. Evan McPherson is no longer a viable starting. Yeah, that's a tough one. The dude has gone under 10 points three out of the last four weeks. This offense, this whole Bengals offense, frankly, is just on, you know, like house arrest. Like, I may not drop you. Well, except for Evan McPherson, I would drop him because he's a kicker. Everybody else, and maybe even including Jamar Chase, I may not drop you, but you are on my bench until you prove that you can actually start, you know, doing your job. And I that that especially goes for the kicker because it's not even one of those offenses where it's like, oh, we can get you into field goal range. They can't even get there. Like no. that like, poor Joe Burrow. I, by the way, I don't blame Joe Burrow for this at all. That I don't know if you watched in that Titans game, he got killed. During that mm. time, there were like three or four massive hits where I'm like, how did you not just break your, like he's throwing and like a defense tackle would come and just lay him out. I'm like, how did you not break your elbow doing that? So like, I don't blame Joe Burrow for this at all. I completely blame this wildly underperforming offensive line. So until this offense can prove to me that they can frankly get their shit together, I'm not touching a Bengals player. If you were still, if you're part of that 77% starting Evan McPherson going like, Hey, maybe this is the week. Hey, don't do that. Like move on. There are plenty of other kickers out there. Amur, who's a kicker you can replace Evan McPherson with. Yeah, I think I 
it's hard to trust a kicker in any offense where you can't trust the offense. And that's yes, exactly what's going exactly. on in Cincinnati. And we already talked about their defense as well. We're just like, I don't know what to expect for this defense either. So just overall, this whole team is just such a one giant mystery as far as exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just what is going on It's like on if, you, there. if you play Red Dead Redemption 2 and you're like riding around and there's like that giant white question mark when you run yeah. into a stranger, and you're like, I have no idea what's going to happen, but fuck it. Let's go for it. Like it's either you run into a cave full of wolves or you find a very nice nature photographer. It's like one of the two. It's just, yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, very much a very similar situation with Cincinnati. So it's just like, I don't know what to expect. And exactly like you said, Ted, the kicker is the position you can stream. So it's like, I know having Evan McPherson in previous years was very good, very good, I should say. But this year, it's hard to trust him at all, for sure. So you you're talking about kickers that you can root there. No, good. So it's like great and good combination of both, I guess. Maybe that's what I was trying to go there. But yeah, yeah, because um, that's better. Oh yeah, so much better. Um, so you're talking about kickers that you can trust. I've already brought this guy up before. I think you brought this guy up before as well, not just in our starts uh, episode, but also in our waiver wire episode. Jake Moody, kicker for the San Francisco 49ers. I already talked about this game being a potential low-scoring game, very defensive heavy, and I think this is going to be a situation where both kickers, so I actually like Brandon Aubrey. I brought him up as a waiver wire edition piece mm-hmm. as well before. He's very, and I know you love his whole story coming into the NFL too, where it's just like, I think he could get a lot of points this week as well, because Ted, in the last two games that the Niners and Cowboys have played, both have been playoff games, they have combined for 10 combined field goals. So, I mean, that just sort of speaks to the fact that just, like, these teams – That is a both, great set. I love this. So, set. it's like we talked about, like, both these teams have very good defenses. So, it's like they're playing very good. It's very bend, not break. So, it's like they're getting into the opponent's territory. But, unfortunately, that's when the defense is like, all right, you're not getting into the end zone. We'll settle for three if that's what we have to do. And I think the Niners have sort of put more trust into Jake Moody because obviously we look at that preseason. We're just like, this guy is just not looking like a very good well, kicker. Al Michael, stop focusing I, on the preseason. I'm sorry. But it's just like, that's one of the biggest concerns I had heading into the season. I was just like, we have to deal with him all season long. And then he completely put that all to rest. It was literally like a switch. He's like, all right, preseason's over. I'm going to be who I was, which is why the third round pick sort of thing for the San Francisco 49ers. And he's been excellent. And I think he's got that great leg as well. So if they need to get those longer field goals, if they can't get that far into Dallas's territory, he could get them some 50 plus yard field goals as well. So I very much like him to get you a good amount of points. Tad, I really think I'm going to, this may be a little bit of a hot take, but I think there's going to be two or three total touchdowns in this game between San Francisco and Dallas. Like I think it's going to be very defensive heavy. Their last score last season was 19 to 12. So I think there's only one touchdown in that game. Uh, Sorry, two on both. So two totals. So one on each side. You're throwing too much math at me. Stop. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But just like, regardless, it's just, it's going to be very field goal heavy. I think they're very going to be defensive heavy as well. So I like both kickers, but for me, I'm siding with Jake Booby on this one here. Now, I'm going to get to the opposite here, Tad. So with my sit this week, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Minnesota Vikings. So while I like Dallas and San Francisco to be low scoring, I think Minnesota-Kansas City could be the higher scoring game of the week this week. And so it's like you look at both of those offense. Minnesota has a very prolific passing attack. Kansas City, obviously, with their full strength, they're going to be very prolific as well. So I think it could be very back and forth. They're going to be trading touchdowns between both um, teams on offense, obviously, there. So I know Kansas City's been looking really good ever since they were able to get Chris Jones back under contract starting in week two. But I think, like I said, just Minnesota boasting a very good offense. Jordan Addison, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, obviously. Uh, they just have a very good passing attack that I think will be hard for Kansas City to slow down. So I think it's going to be very much of a track meet game. I very much like this to be high scoring. So in that case, 
simple defense. That was a trusting Vikings defense anyways, but I know some people were riding Kansas City's defense, but I think this week it's a good week to sit up. Yeah, that game's going to be insane. <laughs> That's It's going to be like, what's over under on that game, actually? I should probably look that. But, yeah, so I completely agree with everything you just said. Um, get, can we stop bringing up Jake, Jake Mooney's preseason? My God. It's I'm been, sorry, but it was, what, like I said, it was the biggest sticking point that I could sort of think about when the Dyers were heading into the, pre, uh, the regular season. It's just like, what can we expect from it? It was the right side of the offensive line. I was like, what's going to happen there? And what's going to happen with our kicking game if we need to come to it? But, yeah. The right side of the offensive line still has some issues. I'm worried about that long term, but the kicky issues, I'm completely alleviated of that sort of issue. So he's perfectly fine. Vikings Chiefs has the uh, largest over under of the entire weekend at 52 and a half. Yeah, I, I, I don't, don't blame like, him at all. I like the over. I like the over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I bet like you. I mean, I like the over because it's probably going to be like 45 to 13. Kansas it City. could be. It could be very one-sided, but I could also see, like I said, the track meet where both teams are scoring in bunches. Excuse me as well. So, Tad, we're talking about over under here. We're talking about some bets. So, I want you to really quickly give us your best bets this week here for the spread and the money line this week. Um, just yeah, what do you think are some good bets for our friends to make here, courtesy of our friends at Bet Online? So it's like a fun, like I finally understand when your grandparents were like doing the crossword and they were like, I found it. And you're like, I don't, why is this exciting to you? And I, <laughs> I, I finally have connected with that feeling because this is what happens every week where I'm like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where I got it. And what that is, is I got the unusual, unreasonable home field advantage favorite. Right. Why in God's name? are the Raiders two-point favorites going in to Sunday Night Football. I didn't understand this one either. Yeah, I, I saw this game and I was like, this it's seems so like a weird. For sure. yeah. It's so weird. So I I guess you could say, so by the way, it's Packers plus two uh, and uh, minus 108 are your odds there. So, I, I mean, I know that's a, basically an extra money line pick, but like, come on. The Raiders are not good. This team is struggling. It's it's funny. I was actually thinking about college football because I was looking at the Raiders' schedule, and they, they are lucky the NFL is not decided like college football where they have a committee that sits down and goes, well, how good is that win really? Because the yeah. Raiders' one win this year is a one-point win over the Broncos, which is looking progressively worse as the season goes on of like, really? Really? Like the Dolphins just beat them by 63. Exactly. Yeah, you only beat them <laughs> by a point. Yep. And so I don't think the Raiders are a very good team. I don't think Josh McDaniel survives this season. Um, they're, they're a shit show. And I know what Raiders fans are going to be yelling at me for. Of like, well, Jimmy Garoppolo just got cleared for concussion protocol. Congratulations. You just got five touchdowns, six interception quarterback coming back to lead your team. Best of luck with that. So it, it, and if you look at the injury report, I I have to imagine this played a role. If you look at the injury report, the Packers look more beat up than they actually are. Aaron Jones is questionable. Christian, Wa uh, Christian Watson is questionable. Who was the other? Uh, Luke Musgraves is questionable. Like you said with Christian Watson, it's looking like he's good to go. Luke Musgrave was a full participant. It's looking like he's good to go. The biggest question mark is Aaron Jones, but from a Packers reporter, he said that you know it doesn't look like Aaron Jones is being slowed down, so I'd be shocked if Aaron Jones missed this game, especially since it's – is it Sunday night or Monday night? It's Monday night. Monday night football, yeah. Sunday so night is got, the Cowboys, man. I don't <laughs> Yes, hey, it's the two teams you absolutely despise. Come on, man. What? We were uh, just talking about this like all episodes. So come on. You got to assume me I'm listening to you. I'm looking at my notes while you're talking. Um, 
so I think that, you know, especially with the action day arrest, that Aaron Jones, this whole Packers offense is going to be good to go. Look, Jordan Love's good. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm calling it. He's good. I hate the Packers. It's not fair that you can go from one good quarterback to another good quarterback to another good quarterback. That's just not fair. I don't like it. But anyway, so I think that the Packers upset, upsetting the Raiders is a near lock at this point. Um, as for money line, I'm going to go Homer. I very rarely do this, but the Colts are underdogs plus 125 at home. The rare home underdog against the Tennessee Titans. I understand why though. Uh, Quiddy Pay is out. Uh, Shaq Leonard is out. Um, sorry. I always stumble over that. It was Shaq. I always get scared yeah. about that. So yes, no. And, uh, uh, Bernard Raymond, our tackle is also out. The, the Colts are beat up. They're beat up. So I understand why we're getting this underdog tag, but look, these Colts have played better teams close. And here's the deal. The Titans, even with all these injuries, are not the better team. The Titans team is not that good. And Derrick Henry is struggling. I won't say massively because he has had a couple good flashes. And he's still Derrick Henry. So I think this will be a close game. Hence why I made my money line. But I do think that Indianapolis will end up winning this game. I have a couple fun stats to share for you, Mer. So the first one is um, Ryan Tannehill has been sacked 16 times. Yeah, quite a bit. Third most in the NFL. Here's my favorite. I am so happy I found this stat. The Titans have just, like their offense, have just three passing touchdowns. That is including the one that Derrick Henry had last week. Yeah. That's That's, amazing. (laughs) That is an amazing stat. So bottom line is I think this Indianapolis defense is good enough to kind of, you know, keep Tennessee in check. I think as law, and this is the massive, massive, uh, you know, asterisk on this prediction. As long as Anthony Richardson is healthy, I think that the Colts will end up winning a close game. It will be close, but I think they will end up beating Tennessee Titans for the upset at plus 125. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I think the Indianapolis Colts could pull the upset there. I very much like that as like a sneaky play if you're making your sports bets this week. And yeah, 100%. Like as soon as I saw that Raiders and Packers line, I was just like, why would anybody pick the Raiders? Like, I mean, like I understand. Said, like, like I said, it's, it's every week you hit that where it's just like, what is going on there? And you're like, oh, they're at home. And for some reason, the bookies are just like, oh, they're at home. That must mean they're going to It's just it makes zero sense. Yeah, they're home. Like you brought up, Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, so he's going to be playing in that game. Maybe that played a factor as well. Um, I know there's all that news about David Bakhtiari for the Green Bay Packers. He's going to need season-ending surgery, so it's like maybe they're like, Packers offensive line may not be stable, but Bakhtiari hasn't played all season long. Packers have been fine without him. So it's just like, I don't understand. But yeah, I think that's just, you know, free money. That's like, take that bet. I think, like I said, if you could get that sneaky play with the Colts as well, play the upset, that's a very good chunk of change that you could possibly earn by placing a very small bet as well. You don't have to play anything big there for sure. So, yeah, I very much like both of those bets. But to get Tad's additional bet, his player prop bet, and to get all three of my bets, I Which, mean. Which, by the way, I hit my player bet in the first quarter last week. Yeah, that was insane. That was great. Just, I, I, I was so happy when I saw that. I was that was like, just so crazy. That was just insane just to see him just absolutely light up the Cardinals that way. And just like, yeah, it was insane. But, yeah, so Tad went three for three on his bets. I went two for three. I've had a pretty consistent streak here. I've got two for three in every single week so far. So I've been pretty good on my bets as well. But, guys, the best way you can find out about all those bets, because we drop the graphic every single week before the weekend comes along. You see the ticker down below. It's coming at the tail end here. But, yeah, you He's got to see uh, wrong right again. That's it. Uh, Man, 
He's also four for five on the ticker count. This is his first yeah, miss it's of not the bad. season. One off there. So, but yeah, you got us on social media. You got me on Twitter over the side twenty three. You got Tad and Tad the side ninety four. Got the show handle at the Decide Guys, and of course on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. Make sure you interact with us if you want us to discuss a bet that you are interested in making. You're just a little bit iffy on it. Hit us up. We're definitely will give you our advice about who we like, whether we like a certain spread, whether we don't like it. You know, like the situation with the Packers and the Raiders, it's like that's free money. Like take the bet. Like I mean, we'll give you personalized personalized advice depending on what type of bets you make. Hundred percent. Give us your questions when it comes to fantasy football as well. Hyper personalized for any type of leagues you're in. We've said this so many times before. Me and Tad are in so many leagues this year, and not just so many leagues, but so many different leagues. So I mean, if you need advice on a very particular type of league, I play in IDP leagues. Tad plays in a Reaper league, like a Guillotine Vampire league. I mean, we're both playing in uh, just your standard so, ten and twelve. So many. League. Sorry to interrupt, but so many leagues. Do you want to tell them what happened to me last night? Ah, yeah, yeah. That that's very good. That's very good. But I'll, or do I'll we want to say that till Monday? <laughs> we can say that till Monday because okay. yeah, we want to see exactly how that's all going. It's a good story. Out, it's yeah. a good story. I'm very nervous. Yeah, Tad did make a very monumental mistake that I think you could probably put two and two together based on yesterday's performance. Um, but just yeah, we'll see exactly how that plays out in his matchup this week. Uh, he's playing against our very good friend Chauncey this week at our Elliott football. Not this Fancy week at least. Not not this week at least. Not. <laughs> Uh, but guys, yeah, if you need advice in your fantasy football leagues, regardless of what type of league you're in, what type of advice you need, whether you need trade advice, whether you start set advice, whether you waiver wire advice, I mean, just whatever it is, we're here to help you out. Send us your questions through social media. We're here to help you out for sure. We are here to help you win your fantasy football leagues. And I think another way that you can win your fantasy football leagues is make sure you subscribe or listen to your podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you can listen right on the LEFB Network website as well. Ton of options. Just hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date with our podcast. You can catch us on YouTube. Just make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well so you're always up to date with our videos. And I guess please always make sure you're giving us support to our parent network at LEFB Network. They're giving you a lot of great content when it comes to the pro level with the Rams and the Chargers. And, of course, the college level with the Trojans and the Bruins. So, I mean, give them a shout. Give them some support on their social media handles, their various articles that they're writing on LEFB Network website, uh, all their various podcasts. I mean, just show them support because without them, there would be no us for sure. But the guys, who's everybody who's already supporting us by listening, by watching, by interacting with us, by dropping YouTube comments on our various episodes i mean just anything and everything that you're doing guys we really just can't thank you enough and as always like Amir said thank you so much for you know listening thank you so much for watching and you know what guys i mean look i've been contacting a person that we, has been mentioned plenty of times on the show before jason davis who has been hitting me up for and look this is how in-depth we get with fantasy football where his waiver wire quarterback uh list is so shallow he's like do i go for andy dalton do i go for taylor heineke that's the type of advice that i'm faced with on an almost daily basis where i'm like i don't know that's very tough advice because frankly both those options suck but yeah. it's just figuring out which one sucks less is yeah. part of the job it is a job that we love so so much so as always thank you everyone so much for watching thank you so much for listening Please check us out on those socials below and please even more and more importantly, stay safe, everyone.